So many things in life uh, seem to take longer than we want, right? I was thinking about it the other day. It's really interesting as we hear of uh, advertised internet speeds of things. We you know, hear words like 10 gigabytes per second download and 100 gigabytes or terabyte, whatever they're moving towards. Do you remember the days about eh, 20 years ago? Some of you might, some of you might not. The fastest download speed that was available was 56K, okay? A kilobyte is a thousandth of a megabyte, which is a thousandth of a gigabyte. So it was really slow, and you had to really wait for things to even connect to begin with, and things just took a long time. When you want something to happen, and it takes longer than you want and you hear it in advertising all the time, too. Think of the different food places that offer delivery, right? Jimmy John's comes to mind. Freaky fast delivery. That's their tagline. The one thing that hasn't changed, though, is Domino's. In like 25 years, it's still 30 minutes. They haven't been able to make and deliver a pizza faster than 30 minutes yet. So that one's consistent still. But there's things in life that just take longer than we want. And we wrestle with them. And we fight with them. In this parable that Jesus is telling of this widow, I, I love the beginning because it actually, Luke, as he writes, gives the intent of what the parable is. He said this parable to the effect that we would not lose heart in our prayer and that we would be consistent in it. And again, we always have to remember where these things are said, what's going on around them, and what the grander text around it is. And so he's speaking again to the disciples and to those who are following him. And he's talking about prayer. And just before that, he explained about uh, what it was going to be like when the kingdom of God was coming in. And before that, he healed 10 lepers. And before that, we had a brief moment where the disciples said, increase our faith. Strengthen us in this life that you're calling us to live in. Strengthen our belief in you because where we doubt, we need your strength, God. We need your strength, Jesus. And so he tells a parable, right? Unrighteous judge, an unrighteous leader, somebody who is supposed to bring justice, somebody who is in a place to keep order of things and keep things right for the people that they are leading. And a widow who has no other representation, has no man around, has no sons around, has nobody to speak on her behalf, comes to him relentlessly, persistently, continually, asking for justice against my adversary. Justice against my adversary. We have different adversaries that we fight, it feels like, a lot of times, that we wrestle against. I think in your own lives, when you want justice to happen, justice, when you want things to be made right, when you want an answer to something, when you have a situation that is broken and you want wholeness to come from it and you're waiting, and we have a hard time with that because it doesn't happen more often than not as fast as we want it to happen. And so we're to be persistent in that prayer. And that's fine and good and well to be persistent in that prayer, but nonetheless, we need to look at the adversaries that are there and what we're praying about. And the bigger part is who we're praying to. 
See, because we don't have an unrighteous judge. We don't have somebody who doesn't care about the situation. That unrighteous judge, he said, neither do I fear God nor respect man. And so her prayers were falling upon deaf ears at that point. Her wants of justice against an adversary in that parable were falling upon ears that didn't really care. And the only care that the unrighteous judge had was a selfish care to say, so that she'll stop bothering me, I'll go ahead and give her what she wants. That's not our prayer life. We're not called to stop bothering God until we, you know, get what we want. That's not the intent. That's not what we do in prayer. We reach out to a God who has already began a relationship with us and has made us his own. Because, see, our God is not an unrighteous God. Our God is not a God who doesn't respect man. Our God is a God who loves his creation, our creator, the one who formed each and every one of us, the one that formed everything that we love to experience and see from day to day, the one who has brought it all together and holds it all together and actually cares for it all. And then he says, talk to me. You have adversaries? Lay them on me. You want justice? Reach out to me. See, the thing there, even too, justice isn't withheld from us simply because we don't ask for it, not by any means. When we think of the adversaries that are there and we think of the things that weigh us down each day, the things that we lift to God in prayer, there's so many different things that we could lay before him, whether it is you know, separation in our relationships of different ways or things that have happened from day to day, or whether it's a sickness that we want healing from or for a family member. When somebody is broken and, and just stripped of who they are because of some disease, we want justice we want something to be made whole we want something to be made right in that but those aren't the biggest adversaries so i love the line of the widow and the parable i want justice from my adversary So we start to think of what separates us from god and all those other circumstances are byproducts of the one who does try to separate us from God, from the main adversary, from Satan, from the one who does everything possible to turn our eyes from our creator and turn them either into ourselves or into him and separate us and take our focus off of who God is for us. And in those moments where we see where we have become distant from God on our own behalf or because of some other thing that we have followed besides God, we start to look and we say, God, bring me justice from my adversary. And then we hear Jesus' words, and I love it. And he says, your God is not, he says, listen to the unrighteous judge and who that is. And he starts to draw a comparison between who God is and who this unrighteous judge is. He says, will God not hear the voice of the people that cry to him day of night? Of course he will. He's the same one that heard Moses and the people in Israel. He's the same one that was wrestling against Jacob and then gave him the name of Israel. 
He's the same one that hears our prayers day and night and knows what is best. And beyond all the little things that we pray for, he has brought justice speedily. See, the justice we have to think about is oftentimes beyond our circumstances. The justice that we're looking for is well beyond a healing of a sickness. The justice that we're looking for is well beyond any other relational type thing. The justice that we're looking for is for us things to be made right between us and God. On Tuesday night at our men's Bible study, uh, Lance Anderson, one of the elders, had the best words I could ever think of in the midst of this text. And I really wanted to claim them for my own, but I can't. <laughs> They're his. See, we got to that part about Jesus saying he will bring justice speedily. You know how long it took? Three days. From the day that Christ went up on the cross to the day that he walked out of the tomb, justice set down, justice laid down against Satan. Satan defeated our relationship, made right between us and God between, because of all that Christ has done on our behalf. Your forgiveness because of Christ and his resurrection. Your relationship with God done because of what Jesus has done for you. So you are forgiven. You are made right before God. Justice has been served against your adversary. And we wait and long for the day that it is absolutely fulfilled. So we walk in this time as we struggle through different things. Yet we know as we look forward to that day when Christ comes back that justice will absolutely be 100% served and realized and seen. So no matter what life brings in this moment, no matter what walk we have to walk in this time, we know that justice has been served against our adversary by God himself through his son on our behalf and given to you as a free gift and grace. So when those struggles come, God welcomes us to lay them before him in prayer. Yet we also know that it's not a fight that we're fighting in order to see whether or not we're victorious. It's a fight that we're fighting based on the victory that God has won for us in Christ. And so we can walk each day knowing that our adversary is defeated, knowing that life is founded within all that God does on behalf of his creation. Each breath, each morning, each sunrise, each day, each sunset, each night, we see where God's hand is still active in his creation and working continually, calling his creation back unto himself. Thanks be to God for the justice that he has served and the justice that he hands over as a free gift through Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Do you please pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have for your creation, for the justice which you have handed down and it costs something as justice doesn't come freely it cost the life of your son yet the grave could not hold him and he reigns victorious and we thank you for handing over his righteousness to us through our baptisms and we pray that you continually guide us by your spirit each day knowing that you are victorious over our adversary and that we may rest in your peace and in your grace, knowing 
that you hold on to us and that you love us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.